Welcome to the Conduit Deeper Podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series. From current events to fascinating finds to conversations that take us deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to our Deeper Podcast. My name is Mo, Executive Pastor at Conduit Church, joined by our lead pastor, Darren Tyler. Good afternoon, Darren. Well, it's good to be back. We took the week off last week. We did. Week. We, we took the week off. It was our summer break. And um, what did you do? Where were you last week? Where were we last week? That was a good question. It's been it's been kind of busy around here. It's, it's it not has we... been because you, obviously you can't see if you're not on here. But I'm I'm looking around and realizing somebody put furniture in here last week. Like, <laughs> like I came in and there's even like a shrub over in the corner. Well, yes. What's exciting is the fact that we actually have a podcast room now. We were just kind of popping all over the building to find a right. spot with our mobile system that Mr. Micah, the producer, was setting up uh, at random times. And then actually we would have to stop and then move and relocate halfway through our podcast yeah. because of construction. Yeah, someone out there with a hammer that was not yeah. there when we started. So now we actually have a room, and then furniture started to arrive, and now decorations have arrived. Yeah, we have like landscaping in here. <laughs> landscaping? Well, these are potted plants. That's I a mean. tree, though. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's an actual tree that might actually produce fruit. Yeah, we might need to water that and see how long that lasts. And, and I believe that one in, next to the uh, underwater mask thing. Um, yeah, there's a succulent. It is there are succulents in here and lamps and all kinds of things. So what that means is uh, your wife, Shannon Tyler, that's exactly what that has means. been at work uh, decorating our, our podcast room and, and getting us caught up to speed here on on actually having a nice place to, to do this. And I'll, and I'll say the gift of this building has been um, that she's been busy here, which means that there are no projects currently going on in my home. Uh, so as long as she is busy here, like I'm almost thinking it's time to do like a new addition onto the church. Like I'm thinking about starting the new campaign. Just because you've been off the hook. Oh, Lord! Like when she um, when she uh, on a Saturday when there's a list, like it's every man for himself at our house, right? Because. She uh, and she'll do this like the list will be like okay here's Lauren's list here's uh, oh, Ethan's man. list and here's my list and uh, and by the way very helpful and it's just she's just trying to maintain civilization I mean, right honest to God that's right. all she's trying to do and she's married to me um, and so that but uh, but the lists have been shorter and not not as often uh, because she's busy giving you guys lists so you know <laughs> well thank you for taking well, one for yeah, the team yeah sounds like that's about to swing back the other direction so. yeah yeah because she's running out of places to put succulents and uh, random decorations like that thing that that literally looks like a like old <laughs> old timey like scuba diving helmet but yeah. I know it's not yeah you're hung up on that right now yeah I don't know where that came from probably Hobby Lobby it's inspiring whatever it is we're inspired by it yeah all that to say someone's been busy around here and we weren't and now we're back we're back and we are going through the essential church series teaching series over the past few weeks we've just finished week five of this series which we pulled from acts chapter 2 specifically 42 through verse 47 and this past sunday we dove into darren spoke specifically on prayer which there's four main components in Acts 2.42. It's teaching, fellowship, communion, and prayer, which is what, uh, again, what we dove into on Sunday. And if there was ever a time for a church to be devoted to to anything, it feels like in our world right now, prayer is probably a a foundational Isn't that the truth? Because there's just stuff happening right now that you're looking at going, well, there ain't nothing I can do about that. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, as and by nothing, I mean like there's you can't write a check big enough for that one. Um, yeah. There is not a there is not a Baptist mission board extensive enough to fix w- what this one is. And you know, uh, w- when we thought through this entire series, uh, and uh, golly, you know, I wish I'd have started with this because it actually when it finally clicked, it was like, oh, this is it. Like a healthy church is made up of healthy people. Because a healthy person, you know, church is a who, not a what, right? Um, so whenever you hear about healthy church or healthy, it's it, we well, we always talk of it in terms of systems and health, but it's really the people, including yeah. leaders. And but the connection of this past year of me uh, realizing that I'm, um, I'm I'm growing more and more misshapen as the pandemic has gone on. <laughs> like, there's nothing more humbling than watching yourself over a year on video, like going, oh gosh. We're gonna have to get a bigger camera out there for Gabe to get on me, but but realizing that I had not been devoted to what it takes to be healthy, and and then to see that wow, and these actually connect with these four things: like the the, the nutrition. Um, this morning I get up and I get out my little app and I'm the avatar, whatever, and here's my counting your macros. I'm counting my macros, yeah, I'm, I'm eating because I mean I will literally snack myself right into left to my own devices. <laughs> I could be one of those guys at Walmart with the the scooter. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, of course. Because I have I've let myself go so far that I need a scooter to get around Walmart, and yeah. so that left to my own devices, that's where I go. Because I mean, I literally can. You know, I'm not done um, eating Pringles when I'm full. I'm done when the can is empty. Yeah, it has nothing to do with being hungry. It's about taste. I can't remember which comedian it was. I'm not done eating when I'm full. I'm done when I hate myself. I think, um, it's, I think it was Gaffigan. Gaffigan, yeah, great line. <laughs> uh, but the point is that the, the word of God, nutrition, it totally, totally fits that. Uh, and the second one is fellowship, which we spent a week on. And fellowship, the um, it's so much more than accountability. Like it's the energy that you get from with each other. That's why all you CrossFit folks are so nuts because you're all like hanging out with each other and group pictures. And but but the thing is, is there's something to that. Like the the way we were designed, that we literally inspire each other Hebrews 10:24 when you come together inspire one another to love and to good deeds so that fellowship is is that and being devoted to it and breaking of bread um 1 Corinthians 11 he said some of you are weak because you have uh not discerned the body of Christ properly you're not you're not taking communion or you're, or you're doing it you're a terrible approach to it and when i look back on my last year i had not been lifting weights I've been doing strength training. Um, w- w- the pandemic was like everybody, everybody separate to your own homes individually, and and uh, and then the word. You know, I mean, I was, I, I would say I was actually crushing it at my spiritual walk with information. Uh, but when I got to sort of like the opposite, because in my private, uh, my physical body, I actually continued to do cardio. I was continuing to do the walking. I was continuing to hit the treadmill. I can bundle a treadmill. This is how I do it. I don't know if you know this or not, but. I will bundle an audiobook or a documentary until I'm on the treadmill, and I won't let myself mm. watch it until I'm on the treadmill. And but it has to if it's a good one. Now if it's a bad one, I'll be like, oh, I'm really tired of this. But a really good one, man, that'll keep me on there nice. for a while. I know, right? It's kind of weird. Uh, most people are like listening to hip hop, but not me. I'm watching, you know, <laughs> watching a new PBS series. Uh, but so my point is, I was getting my heart up, but I was not paying attention to my nutrition at all. And so, but in my spiritual life. Uh, that was something the Lord really like, man, cardio is, it is prayer because prayer, uh, 
I, I don't know who said it. I would totally give him credit. But prayer uh, does not change God's mind. Prayer changes my heart. And that's why it correlates with cardio. So if we're devoted to those four things, that's what this whole series has been. Because if we start with verses 43, right, and 44, 45, 46, 47, and we all know churches that love verse 43, the signs and the wonders and the miracles, like love it. Uh, we know churches that are verse 44 and 45, that they're you know, the social justice churches, right? Like we can get devoted to those things and we'll burn ourselves out or we'll become completely uh, myopic in that one thing. And th that's why we start with these four things. And then healthy people, healthy churches, that's just what they do. We just do verses 43 through 47. And prayer is uh is one that I think for our church personally, for me personally, but for our church corporately, is one that we uh, have had to step up in recent months and, and years. Because, uh, you know, I mean, you and I, we'll sit around and figure out some stuff on a whiteboard. We'll uh, pontificate, uh, which is not a bad thing at all. Totally not a bad thing. But having times of even in the last year with our, our elder meetings, we're praying more in our elder meetings than we yeah. prayed before. We pray before we start to try to figure stuff out. And we just ask for wisdom. And uh, man, at a time like this, uh, we need it. I say we need it now, now more than ever. We needed it before, right? The, the, the worst time to try to get your heart in condition is when you're in the middle of a Spartan race. Like you probably should have been doing right. that before. Right. Uh, but here we are. Yeah. It needs to be foundational to who you are, like a, a baseline, like a core pillar of exercise yeah. like it's standard and, and, and so in verse 42 for for us it feels like that this is our found th these things are foundational and that when we get focused away from those things that are foundational they become aspirational meaning we just aspire to do these things in hopes that maybe we are doing them Mm-hmm. versus them being foundational, which are what we're building on top of. Like one builds on top of the next, on top of the next. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah, and you can, I mean, look, I, people, there are a lot of really thin people getting around life uh, because they, they eat right. But their heart's not in that great of shape because they're not out there doing cardio. So, But you can get through life with it, but it's just not how we were designed to be. And uh, our society... So the way we live, like, uh, were you, do we go up to the mountain church? We went to the mountain church when you went to Haiti yes. with me, right? Okay. So you get up there. This is a true story, Micah. Like you get up in the mountain church, and they literally dug out of the side of a mountain the rock that began that built this church. Yes. And inside of that, uh, of those, what would become caves, were Haitian guys with, like, pickaxes that were barely hanging on. Yeah. And those guys could dominate any CrossFit Oh, for competition sure. in the world. All we did was slow them down. Our job was really simple, right? Was to take a bucket as soon as they filled it with rock, and then we have like this bucket brigade of people with rocks because you're doing it, whatever. But point is, they were in that church environment. Like they physically, those guys were fit, man. Their hearts were in great mm -hmm. condition. But I'll, you know, but nutrition, man. Those guys bless their hearts. They're living on fried foods, um, fried rice, and not nearly enough of it. So yeah. you can have somebody really thin and you know, their heart in shape, but they don't have the right diet with it. Or it's like, there's like this dialing of it. And I, and I don't know that it is something that you have to, uh, cause you know, I, I know people, especially, uh, that are real, uh, competition or actually really task oriented people. You just think, okay, well I'll just, I'll do 10 minutes of this and I'll do 15 minutes of that and I'll do whatever. You know, and I mark it off my list. Yeah. And, 
And that doesn't feel right either because that's for sure not how I've been able to even, and I don't know, I, could, I guess we should get a personal trainer on here to tell us, but I, I'm over here like 250 trying to tell you how to get in shape, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> I can, I, I'm a shape. Uh, but but what I know is that you can, you know, you can get into that mode and start trying to check stuff off, but there's just certain things you got to tweak a little bit here or there. You know, times when maybe I need more prayer than I need this and times, you know, where I have to admit that I'm an information guy. My proclivity uh, would be either action or to start learning more about it. Right. Um, it's always been that way. And, but there are moments where, and I know it and I need it and I never regret it when I st- Put the phone down. I think you said, hey, you just called the wrong guys. <laughs> you should have called God first instead of calling LaFleur. To spend time in prayer. Not, again, we're praying for what's happening in Haiti right now. The president was assassinated. It is bizarre what's happening there. We, nobody really knows. There is no amount of research right now that is going to fix that problem from me. Uh, so what I need is my heart in a good place. And so spending time in prayer uh, about it and for it is way better and it's what I need more than I need information. Now there might be some prayer warriors out there that maybe you need information about it. Yeah. So spend your time with that. But uh, the sense of it is, is that these four things, um, you know what? I guess it was like, if you're a Christian and you're thinking, okay, what do I do first? You know, read the Bible and pray every day. It's kind of that simple, but I would add, you know, breaking of bread and fellowship to that. Like, I think I I could look at the very first part of my Christian walk, the first 20 years of it, and realize, man, I was really good at a whole bunch of stuff that didn't matter that much. Mm. Um, like I was crushing it at stuff that, that didn't really matter that much in hindsight, but but crushing it in these four things, the rest of it all kind of takes, takes, a, care, of takes care of itself. Did you know that we had a conduit basketball team? Speaking of fellowship, there's in cardio. <laughs> we have found a new way to have some fellowship. We have a conduit basketball team. And are you on this team, though? Well, okay. So I've I'm heard you're on, on it, but I'm also hearing that you're MIA. I'm, I'm on the team, and I'm like a player coach is basically what's going on here. And so what I found is I'm putting myself in the game with about a minute and a half to go at the end of each half. <laughs> so I can say that I'm on the court and making a difference, but also I know that I've got I got to push through for about a minute and a half just then to get off the court because it's <laughs> halftime. So you're actually present, at least. I'm present. Okay. I'm there. But these guys, I mean, we got 20-year-old 20, 20 guys running up and down the court, and I am not 20 years old anymore. Um, point being, we have found some ways to fellowship and also do cardio at the same time. We've got to get you out there sometime. I mean, I could be the man. Do they have managers? Like sure. wrestlers? Still, like Absolutely. Professional wrestlers? Yeah, like pump us manager? up. Pump us up. Huh. Producer Micah, he's led the charge. He's put this team together, and we've got mostly staff on there. You should see... You know, our kids director, Joey, out there draining threes. And Jason Kuhn, our worship pastor, he's got a pretty pretty killer crossover, believe it or not. Kuhn? Jason? Jason. Huh. He can hoop. Pretty fun. Is the, How's your witness? Our witness is, is struggling <laughs> probably a little bit. Maybe mine is. You know, I, 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 got in trouble, I got in trouble with the referee a couple games ago. But the hilarious part of that is it happens to be a fellow conduit that was refereeing. So, See, look. And and they they I think they enjoy they reveled in the fact that they could uh, hold one over on us. So he's like punishing you. Is I think he it? was punishing us. He was yeah he was calling fouls. That I'm so I'm fouls. honestly surprised if you're the other team. <laughs> well, nobody knew, nobody knew who that, that he was. And if that's true, and if anybody that's not, so it's David Schindel. Our, our our very good friend David very Schindel friend. is an incredible. And to his credit, he is very good. Uh, referee, basketball referee, and except when he's refereeing a, 
And do you feel like he's overcompensating I for do. integrity? I do. Because I think that's I really what he would do. do. I think he was. He would not want to be perceived <laughs> as, not even perceived, he just would not want to be unfair right. just because he's our friend. So he right. would probably overcompensate. Yeah. So uh, unbeknownst to the other team, you know, they're thinking there's a conflict of interest here. It's actually going to play in their favor of any referee they can it actually, hope for. It actually does play in the other team's favor. Have you guys got in each other's face? Uh, no, we all worked it out. It was fun. <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal. Little prayer, fellowship, cardio. But you mentioned something a couple minutes ago that I think we we need to get a little bit of clarity on is what what is happening in Haiti and are our our friends there, our our churches there, uh, are they okay? Like, do they have what they need? Yeah. Or is it just total chaos at this point? You know, the one I will say the one benefit of and there are, there are, the, the benefits are becoming fewer and fewer of the internet. But one of them is. Um, is this kind of stuff you can people more people know about it? So, for instance, the first time I uh, went to Haiti, it was not long after Aristide was overthrown, a, uh, a guy that was put in power and was like deposed and overthrown and carried off, and you know, like pallets of cash in the basement, like Walter White, you know, like Breaking Bad. Oh wow! Yeah, in the in the palace of U.S. dollars, uh, but you know, the world was blissfully unaware of that. In fact, back then, the only thing you began to become aware of, actually, this takes it back even to the 90s, is we, there were some images on the news of, uh, of like little rubber rafts washing up in Miami and Haitians dying at sea. And it, it takes a lot before it gets there. But now, my point is now that stuff is in, on the right front and center. And this one in particular, with uh, by now, I'm sure everybody's heard that the president was assassinated by a team. Nobody knows who hired them. Nobody literally... They were down to literally 10 elected officials in charge of the country. That's where this country has been, and he is one of them. Uh, the other, uh, I'm sorry, there's 11. The other 10 were senators who somehow managed to not get swept up in the last three years of the chaos. So the, the point, the, this was like a, uh, the pinnacle of, of chaos that's been happening in Haiti for three years now. Um, before COVID shut the world down, Haiti was already shut down because of political protests. They missed almost an entire school year. Oh wow! Uh, in 2019, because of the violence from protests. Um, again, most of the world didn't know that was happening. Uh, 2020, when the world shut down for COVID, uh, the Haitian friends just said, "You know, I think we're going to take a pass on that one. We've been really struggling down here." Uh, but in the middle of all that, their president um, decided he was going to stay another year uh, in, in office, and so he's assassinated. And so what? The question is, of how, how's everybody doing right now? We're in touch with all of our friends. And um, I will say this is the first time since I've been going to Haiti that my Haitian friends are afraid. Uh, it's a weird thing. Like, you know, it is like when I say this when I'm on a plane, I'm usually really calm. I am very calm uh, as long as the flight attendants are calm. And when they get unsettled, that's when I, I'm like, okay, there's something to worry about if you see them worried. Uh, so there's a little bit of that with my Haitian friends. There's concern now that I've not seen from them before. And so we did send, um, we fellowshiped with them. We sent yeah. them money. Uh, we have more ready to go when it's needed. We have, uh, here's the thing. Here's what's wild. We talk about an essential church. We talk about how essential church is here. It's the same thing there. When, if and when it's time to have to send a round of support and supplies, we will send it through the local churches. We'll send it to Restoration Church in Jacques Mel, uh, Monoge, who will then send it to our sister churches that we've planted. So there's five churches in total, and they've become the perfect distribution uh, channel for those things. 
So right now, most of them are sheltering in place. Uh, I've noticed even today, some people kind of poking their heads out a little bit, trying to see, you know, what's happening. Wow. Uh, but mark my words, uh, in the next days, weeks, months, especially weeks, uh, the protests are going to start flying uh, again because right now there are three different people trying to declare themselves the leader of Haiti. Um, and so, uh, and one of them uh, is a guy who's a, a notorious gang leader. There are these like nine gangs that all have sort of coalesced together. They call them the G9. And the leader is a guy named Barbecue. Uh, <laughs> really? Kid, kid you not, is his name, his nickname. Uh, and I think it's for obvious reasons why they call him that. But no, he's uh, throwing his weight and he's calling all of his gangs and his guys into the streets to protest. Um, so th yeah, there's some complicated things happening. Um, and for us, for my Haitian friends, I know they are already praying. I mean, that's the first thing LeFleur, hey, we were praying. God is faithful. We're praying. God is faithful. Uh, and, uh, you know, when he's praying, I don't know, does that change God's mind? Yeah, but, but boy, is it sure bolstering their hearts. So we're going to continue to pray and continue to act uh, when it's time. Um, I think they just opened international travel back up. I think they're opening the airports this week. But at one point, the, like, the airports were all shut down. Everybody was stuck. Uh, it was there. Yeah, it was a... Um... I mean, they just shut down the whole country last week for sure. Uh -huh. uh, nobody in, nobody out. I hadn't seen yet if they had if they had opened things back up to normal. I just know that it's just been obviously a lot of unrest over the past seven to ten days in Haiti. And then if you're paying attention, there's uh, you know a revolt of some sort happening in Cuba as well right now. Um, do Haiti and Cuba play nice? Yeah. So here's a weird thing about Haiti that uh, and Cuba that if you're I don't know why anybody should know this. You're certainly not going to read it anywhere. Um, but a couple things. One, Cubans, um, there's, they, they, because of their socialized uh, education, there are a lot of doctors that come out of Cuba um, that are trained in Cuba. And so they will, I, it's, and it's so crazy because you're in Cuba who's already suffering, Cubans who are already uh, in dire poverty, and they will, the Cuban government will send doctors to Haiti to help with Haitian uh, because a good communist, they still want to help people because it really gives them a good perception. So there's uh, last week when they were saying that these guys were being uh, hunted, these assassins, and they spoke Spanish. There were some Cuban doctors who were actually misidentified oh, interesting. as uh, as these Colombians. So there was some of that that was happening. But the other thing that you see in Cuba is. Uh, if you go to Haiti, uh, there's specific days. I don't know which days they are because I, I can't. I just it's randomly you'll get to the airport when you're leaving, and there's a flight that goes from Havana to Port-au-Prince, two maybe three times a week, and you don't want to get to the airport at Port-au-Prince on the day when it's one of those days, Interesting. because that plane is going to be packed and it's going to be packed with people hmm. from Cuba who have gone to Port-au-Prince because it's actually better there. Wow. And really? Uh, I was there uh, with Armando uh, in line. And Armando, um, West Coast Tacos guy, shout out, great uh, location here in Nashville for some amazing West Coast uh, uh, food. But anyway, uh, so he was helping translate, asking him why you're here. Because it was, it was like literally like it was, uh, it, I felt like I just stumbled into like a, a, like a typecasting, you know, for some Spanish movie. Uh, like little high heels and leopard skin pants and like everybody's like five <laughs> foot one. And, uh, but here's the thing. They all had these things wrapped up in plastic, like um, 
like so like they had a pile of stuff they'd bought and it's, they didn't have suitcases so it's literally like shrink wrapped shrink wrapped yeah to get on the plane yeah and they're checking it like it's that was their suitcase oh wow but what they were saying was we're here we're buying stuff here and then we take it back to cuba uh, either for our own consumption or to sell wow um and they would talk about how much better it is in Haiti. And I'm thinking, have you been to Port-au-Prince? Because it's kind of brutal. I mean, you've been there, Mo. It's, right. it's, it's breathtakingly right. um, desperate. So here's what I think. that what Because people that have been to Cuba, and I've actually not been there, actually talk about it um, as, you know, like you're taking a step back in time, like the old cars and the old-timey stuff. But the point is, is that in Port-au-Prince, it's full of trash, open sewers. Like that stuff isn't necessarily Cuban. So what they're saying is we would rather be in a place with open sewage, uh, chaos everywhere, but without a communist dictator. That is better than wow. a communist country with a clean street is what they're saying. It's right. so bad right. where we are. They're rationed food there. Um, like right now, there's reports coming out of people standing in line seven or eight hours today waiting for food. In Cuba, the government shutting off the internet. They're shutting off like provisions. Yeah, I'm reading right now. They they've shut uh, shut down the water service uh, across the island as well. Now they're turning water off. Turning water off. Yeah. yeah. Boy, we need to be praying for Cuba. You know, the Bible speaks of creation groaning, mm. and uh, when when you start to see. Because we could go down the road, Iraq right now. I mean, our good friends Grady and Becky are like putting, they're posting videos of Iranian drones dropping missiles in Iraq right right now. Uh, what's happening in India? What's happening in Nepal? Like it's intense, and I, it's to me that could begin to feel pretty nihilistic and, and pretty hopeless. And if you're in the middle of it, you certainly feel that way. But I go back to you know Jesus in Matthew 25. Right, 24 and 25, uh, he starts telling these parables, and it's in the context of eschatology. It's in the context of tell us what are the signs of your return and when was the time of your coming. And, and he begins to talk about the moon's going to turn to you know, dark, it's a blood, and the sun's going to go dark, and there's going to be earthquakes and violence and wars and rumors of war. Literally, like cross reference it with, you know, with the Wall Street Journal. And in the middle of that, he starts talking in Matthew 25 about caring for the least of these brothers of mine, right? Um, the king's going to say, come blessed to the father, you who, who fed me when I was hungry, you gave me water. So it's uh, chapter 25, verse 34. You gave me water when I was thirsty, food when I was hungry. Come in, I prepared a place for you. And he is not preaching a salvation by works. He's preaching about a salvation that works. Like that's those who are in the kingdom. It's not faith or works. It is faith that works. That is just what Jesus people do. And the world needs essential churches more than we've ever needed them before, but especially in terms and in times of uh, of an eschatological escalation. Does that listen to that? Somebody wow, read, eschatological escalation. That is beautiful. Somebody write that down. Uh, that there's going to be more need than we'll ever need. And by the way, that's why prayer is important. Because look, you and I, we literally in just five minutes, we've talked about Cuba, Iraq. Haiti, we haven't even got to South Africa. Where does a church start? And the answer is prayer, because we will run out of money long before the world runs out of need. And so for us, the, the, the ones that are Jesus people, salvation that works, we're going to 
do that, but we have to pray about where we're going to put that uh, and who God has put in our place and pray that other churches will line up. Because I, I do know this, there are enough churches in the world that if every church in the world grasped the plan that Jesus had for us to be an essential church, this would be, uh, the, the playbook would look so different. We would, the world would look so different even right now. Um, including in Cuba. And by the way, there are Jesus people all over Cuba. Yes. Uh, the gospel has been, is there. And um, that's our prayer, right? There's some churches in America are already lining up and ready to help those, those people. Yeah. And so you mentioned South Africa. Um, if, if you, if you, you know, look online or I don't know how much mainstream media covers these things. I, I don't watch mainstream media any longer. Um, but I mean, South Africa is definitely a mess right now. Looting is through the roof, yeah. um, literally, and um, I mean, it's just a total rampage right now across the country. I don't know what has sparked it. I've not dove in enough to know kind of where this is coming from. I'm sure uh, there is a reason. There is, and it's very much geopolitical, and it very okay. much goes back to um, colonialism. Of uh, some of what some of the stuff that they've been trying to solve of taking farm land away from white owners and returning it to black owners. Oh, interesting. Uh, which parenthetically they did in Zimbabwe and did not go mm. well at all. Um, and you know, speaking of Zimbabwe, speaking of Mozambique, and you know like that whole little corner of Southern Africa. Uh, again, creation groaning. When you cross into so Suprise, Sotole, like yes. he lives in Mozambique, but he's you know, or I'm sure he lives in South Africa, but goes back and forth into Mozambique. And even in Mozambique, uh, radical Islam has been on the rise. So people that live near, like where uh, Heidi Baker's uh, property and stuff is down there, they've you know, a lot of people have been fleeing that country because of radical Islam. Like they they are literally doing you know going into villages and murdering people, killing people on, yeah, on site. Lawlessness. Yeah, and that shares the border with South Africa, and then you move into South Africa and the uh, the the political baggage of decades and centuries of uh, of injustice is being met with more injustice because that's what you know when Jesus says we overcome evil with good, Satan would say you overcome evil with evil, which means you just have more evil. Right, um, and the only thing that the only cycle that the only thing that stops that cycle is, of course, the gospel. Um, but right now, yeah, South Africa, which is you know kind of supposed to be the bastion of hope, right, in, in the African continent, in many ways is. Some of my great friends, you know, uh, Robert Murray mm. and his family, uh, that's where they're from. Wow, um, and it's just a, it's a very complex, it's very complicated. Uh, but again, creation groaning and churches there. I pray are rising up and I pray that, you know what I pray there? I pray that their churches there do not do what a lot of our churches did here, that they don't rise into the chaos of the division and join the division, but they rise above the division. Yeah. Stay above it in America uh, between critical race theory, things that have been, we've seen these last year, it's churches getting sucked, pulled down into uh, the enemy's playground as opposed to, which is division as opposed to rising above it into the gospel uh, because um, I, I was listening to this girl, and I cannot pronounce her name. Uh, if we had show notes, we'd put them there, but she was being interviewed. Uh, Google girl uh, escaped from North Korea, Jordan Peterson interview. You'll find her. And her talking about um, 
than in her country, people being punished for their parents' sins uh, or their grandparents' sins at once. If it's in your family now, you are punished because of that. She's like, that's what we experienced in North Korea. And here we are in America. And I'm being told the same thing now that you guys wow, are yeah. going to punish uh, you because of your, maybe your grandparents did something with this. She's, that's literally uh, ex exactly what the, and, and she was so sad. She's like, is there anywhere that there's free in the world? Is there anywhere? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I just, I was so sad because I really wanted to have this conversation and say, that's why the gospel is here because no, yeah. there is no place free in the world as long as uh, we're in the Genesis three portion until Jesus is return yes. with it. And, and until then we need essential churches. There's a lot going on in the world. There's there's also massive protests happening in France today as well. I mean, there's, there's what did we just rattled off, five, six different places where there are mass protests happening for all kinds of reasons. The one in France is, is has to do with um, vaccine passports that have been um, mandated for healthcare workers, um, basically given no ultimatum, I guess the, right. an ultimatum. So who's doing the protesting? Is it healthcare workers? Yes, uh, yes, every, every everyone, not everyone. Yeah, healthcare workers and just citizens. They're just all mar taking to the streets to march against the passport concept. Their fear is that what I was reading was the fear is that obviously this sets a precedent for industry. Mm -hmm. So in this case, healthcare workers, um, that it will set a precedent for other industries to make these mandated in that they don't have to have a full government top-down mandate that it will just be uh, per industry will make these mandated. So in years past, the protests there have come from, uh, I think they call them yellow coats or yellow. Yeah. Did they mention any of that? Yeah, that they mentioned some of that, the yellow, yellow coats. Um, which is uh, <laughs> people from the country and the farmers. And then you combine that with yellow vests, yellow vests. Yeah. Uh, there's a translation error. Uh, and combine that with uh, radical Islam, which has been on the rise. I mean, the home of Charlie Hebdo and his his uh, being murdered because of his portrayal of Allah in a cartoon. And right. uh, so you've already got uh, France had already been bowing to a totalitarianism to even silence a guy like Hebdo just to keep the you know the peace. Right. Uh, it's here's the th so a great book recommend for anybody that's made it this far into this podcast uh os guinness uh book the magna carta of humanity just released in in may and he goes back and basically he, he divides the the history of revolutions between paris and sinai um very interesting right he goes to Sinai and saying that the principles, because what happened in Israel with them coming out of Egypt, whatever, that was a revolution. And revolutions since then, because he said, you know, the world is revolution. He, he refers to the part where uh, they were accusing Paul of turning the world upside down. You know, in the book of Acts, you've turned the world upside down. And he's saying that that's part of humanity, but you better make sure who it is turning the world upside down. Because that's also where uh, revolution in uh, Iran, the revolution in, in China came from. And the difference between France and Sinai is that one is based in, in God and the other is based in secular humanism. Mm. And so the, 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 uh, the revolutions that have come out of France have come from a godless perspective, a secular humanist uh, that violates all of that. And his, his, his uh, challenge to America actually is that we have a choice right now that our revolution in the 1700s was born uh, from a Sinai basis 
for freedom, for the man's uh, right to self-governance, to he and he uses all these biblical principles of where that wow. came from, versus the French revolutions that were happening during that time, and the difference between the two. Um, and so it's interesting to me that inside of France itself, mm-hmm. like where all of that, the the Paris, the French revolutions. Uh, that they're still like it feels like their chickens are coming home to roost. Oh, absolutely! In that world, um, but man, again, essential church means that there needs to be churches rising up in those places. That That's right. I mean, if you've ever been to Europe, did you ever tour with Europe with uh, your Firefly people? One time, yeah, one time. And you go to these places, right? You see these churches, like oh, this is so beautiful, and you yeah. pay. You have to pay money to go in because it's like a because it's a museum. Yeah. And occasionally you'll go in and there'll be like 14 people in there and you realize, oh, I've just stumbled into a service of church and I don't know who these people are and where they're going home yeah. to, but there is no life in this. The Holy Spirit has long left yeah, the building. Yeah, you, you go to uh, to to make over the, the architecture and the, the beauty of the design. And um, I mean, yeah, like you said, there are museums. There are these, these artistic wonders that were built 300 years ago. Yeah. Uh, a thousand years ago. Yeah. And yeah, there's just no no life in them. And I would be willing to bet my left arm that if someone were to trace back those churches and where they went wrong, it was with prayer. It was probably, you could say any one of these four things, right? But that the Holy Spirit left the building long before the people did and nobody knew uh, because they were so non-attended uh, to it. And the world without essential church uh is is a, is a long and empty and dangerous place um and I, I guess if you're satan you know what a great play in america to get us down the same road we might not have big cathedrals but we have big platforms yeah. uh big social media things and so you can't say anything to offend anybody so you end up uh, and you know literally uh without the holy spirit in it and that's a if you're satan that's a pretty good play because I mean, golly, if you're if you're Satan, the last thing you want in any any town, any village anywhere, is a church full of people that are full of the Holy Spirit, devoted to these four things, because you are a you're a direct threat to the kingdom of darkness. Absolutely. And I look at that, I see that in our own country, but I've seen it in other countries as well. Like I don't know if you I don't know if I've ever told you this. When we go to a village in Uganda, they don't tell them that they're buying the land for a church when they go in originally. They go in and they negotiate the deal and they buy the land. Okay, yeah. And then they then they put the structure up and then they announce that it's a church. And the reason is, especially in a village where most of ours are, where there is no presence of, of the Lord at all, the the voodoo priests, the witch doctors, whatever it will, will shut it down and, and threaten to curse if somebody sells it to a church. Because it's going to put them out of business? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's the, it it's, runs it, them out. It's literally the oldest play in the book, suppressing the truth through their wickedness. It's Romans one thirty, right? Right. Suppressing the truth through wickedness. And so and then when we put the structure up, one of the reasons they put the structure up is we're making a statement that uh, we're not going anywhere. Right. This is a pastor. This is his family. This is Jesus is putting a flag in the ground in this community and drilling wells and, you know, putting, giving water away. I mean, one of them, we got in so much trouble because we were, we start, we were giving the water away because that's what we, we gave the water away. Yeah. But the, uh, the mosque in town was selling water. No way. Um, as a business model for them. And we we're like, yeah, well, no, we're not, we're still not selling it. Um, 
But that's the, the essential church idea. That's what these people in Acts 2, and that's a little bit about what you're going to talk about this Sunday. So if you're in town this weekend, Mo's going to be mm-hmm. closing out the series. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, um, yeah. With it, uh, about what it looks like to have an essential church in your own town. Absolutely. And, and, and I even think of, man, I'm thinking of our, and we bring it up almost every podcast because it's not going away. And in some ways it's, it's, it's getting worse is our, our friends up in Canada, our brothers and sisters in the churches that are trying to assemble, uh, in Canada are still having a terrible time. I mean, there's, there's been no real movement. The new date for restrictions to be lifted, I believe, is the 26th. So that's, what, 12 days from now, from the time of this recording. By the end of July, supposedly, supposedly, the two weeks uh, will be extended again <laughs> and removed by the end of July. Now, that has yet to ring true because every month they've said well, Yeah, the who would thing. believe that? Who yeah. in a million years would believe anything that came out of the words of Trudeau or any politician right now that was saying we're going to lift our restrictions by this point because you get to it and they've completely lied. They moved the goal line. That's happened whether it's California, right, or Columbia. Like it's happening all over. Uh, Not Columbia, Tennessee, by the way. I'm talking about the country. Um, Because here's why it's so maddening. In the South in America right now, I mean, how many people were in 4th of July in downtown Nashville? Like a half a million people. Oh, yeah. It was the largest firework display in the country. Yeah. And I love that our governor was standing up there, you know. And, and was there a giant outbreak? Was there giant upticks and, you know, hospitals we're, lining up? We're and, 10, days, 10 days removed from the event, and there's been no major outbreak. And you go eight hours north, and science is, quote, unquote, science, TM, trademark, uh, is telling them that they have to keep churches closed because they're dangerous. That is damnable. Like yeah. that is 100% demonic totalitarianism in our, in a Western context. Um, I heard somebody say this, that, you know, uh, back to uh, science, Mike, you guys follow the science, Mike on the Twitter. I've heard of science, Mike, but I, don't, I need to research a little bit more. I've yeah, heard yeah, of it come up, come up a couple different times. Yeah. Don't, it's a, it's a complete waste of All your right, time. Well, then I won't. Uh, he, he runs around with, uh, with the Gunger. Uh, okay. Kid. Uh, their little podcast, but he's talking about you know, nobody that I know is, is is advocating for socialism on that whatever level, yada yada yada. And and he's and here's the thing: first of all, that's uh, not true because there are people that are. So when he says no one, that's actually a lie. He's speaking hyperbolically, perhaps. But let's say he's right, and like only twenty percent of the people are talking like that, and only twenty percent of the people are looking for a full blown totalitarianism. And I think it's at least that mm. when it comes down to it. Who do you think wins in that moment? Right. Right? It's not the nice liberals that are going to win. It's the ones, it's the Antifa ones burning down Seattle. Like, they win in that. So you can say all day long, well, it's, you know, only 10%. It's like when someone says only 10% of Muslims are radical, that's great. That's still 150 million of them. Like, by the numbers, that's pretty bad. And when it comes to totalitarianism, maybe it is 10%. I don't know. But how many do you need? A couple million is enough to, you know, to change an entire country with it. And so uh, for us, I look to our friends in Canada, for for sure we're praying for you uh, and standing ready for you. And and I'm honestly inspired by those that are getting arrested. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's happening once a week. Right now, the current law in Canada is no more than 10 can gather to assemble. Uh, for for a church, a church gathering, no more than ten. But Costco's wide open, and Home Depot is what is in business. 
um, the liquor stores, um, basically everything else. And so at this point, it's just a clear, clear line that has been drawn yeah. against the church. Those people that uh, a year ago were saying it's not persecution because you have to close your churches. Look, I understand. I literally do. And part of me wishes that I was um, that naive. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, that'd be great. But here we are a year later, and I don't know if you still feel that way. I don't understand that. Yeah. Now, maybe you could say that Trudeau isn't intentionally uh, whatever. You can say that maybe. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is you, what you cannot say is that they're leading by science, and what you cannot say is that they're leading by fact. And uh, again, if you're Satan, what a great plan of attack to use to make science the religion and the blasphemy laws would be that anything that happens to do with Christianity uh, is taken down because it's it's harmful. What a great way to uh, to, to push that forward. Um, I'm curious to know. We've talked about Canada. We've talked about Cuba. I am curious to know Trudeau what he has to say about what's happening in Cuba because. <laughs> The irony potentially is hilarious and sadly hilarious because, you know, they they're operating very much like a social dictatorship. Canada is um, yes socialist dictatorship. Has he come out to condemn the the riots in Cuba of, of those seeking democracy, or is he standing with Cuban go- Cuban governments at this point and telling those people to stand down? Because that's exactly what's going to happen at some point in his own country. If this continues, it's interesting. I, I genuinely, so I, to my knowledge, he hasn't said uh, anything. If, if, and if I'm right, most of these guys and girls, when something like this happens, they actually don't say much because they kind of know at the core of what they're saying. They can't really say anything because it's, yeah. But, but at the same time, when they do talk about it, whether it's Cortez uh, or whatever, like they say, well, that's that's not the that's not what we're talking about. That that kind of socialism is not what we're talking about. Like we're talking about, like Norway or you know Finland or you know. So they would, in in their words, they would uh, generally speak like they, it's like they're looking at that saying that's not who we are. Like that's wow. Even though it's the logical conclusion of socialism, yeah. communism, communism, yeah, uh, and that it has never worked ever. Um, then, but they generally speaking, I'd, I'd be curious to see because these the, the Cuban thing started what about a week ago? Not, yeah. not even really. Yeah. How, do you know off the top of your head how long Cuba has been a communist country? Roughly? Uh, uh, the Cuban Revolution for Castro is forty fifties, early fifties. Okay, so that's been it's been a, a, a bit. It's been a few, couple generations now. Yeah. I'm just so curious on on how this how this. Um, rolls out for Canada. I mean, the direction in which this country, the Canadian country, right. is going right now. I mean, it, this it's, it's well, like it's a foreshadowing of itself, what's happening in Cuba well, over here's the, the next news. few generations. Don't you love the internet? We don't even have to guess. Here's what Trudeau says. <laughs> How'd you find it? And this is from Bloomberg. So it's not, this isn't like, you know, they can't like say this is like InfoWars or, you know, right. Breitbart or whatever when they get... Justin Trudeau said Canada would press for greater liberty in Cuba, but stopped short of condemning a wave of arrests and an apparent attempt to shut down social media after unprecedented street protests roiled the communist nation. Uh, the Canadian prime minister, whose father was a friend of Fidel Castro's, spoke out a day after the president, Joe Biden, warned the Cuban government against a heavy-handed response. Uh, here's, his, here's what he said. Canada has always stood in friendship with the Cuban people said Tuesday when asked about Havana's uh, move to quell. We have always called for a greater for greater freedoms and more defense of human rights in Cuba. 
and we will continue to be there to support Cubans and their desire for greater peace, greater stability, and greater voice in how things are going. Uh, and that's all he says. Meanwhile, back at the ranch yeah. in Canada, the greater freedoms and liberties. He's been squishing them. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, the irony of it is not lost on me that because this is true, by the way, uh, I, I, for the most part, and someone could certainly correct me. But if you go back in time and look at any one of the, the people uh, that later in their life or whatever would become historically very would crushing human freedoms and totalitarianism. Look at their origin story, right? It's not like Joker or whatever, like whether you know, their mom, you know, a, ball, a bomb and burned their face or whatever. Like it was that they were they wanted to help the poor people. They were a voice for the the powerless. But eventually, without prayer, without these four things, foundational, foundational, secular idea of this, it it, it inherently means forcing someone else uh, to do what you want them to do. Right. And so, uh, mm. but they didn't mean it that way. They didn't start that way. With very few exceptions. I mean, there's an argument to be made. That Hitler did, but even Hitler in his, uh, you can't trace Hitler unless you go all the way back into World War One, and to trace back what happened to Germany and the, the humiliation they suffered, right? Uh, and him wanting to, you know, make Germany great again, you know. But it was about rescuing the, the poor and uh, and without God in a in a Christless world, you're going to do it in a Christless way. And uh, Trudeau is a Paris guy, not a Sinai guy. And it's arguable that Biden in our country is a Paris guy, not a Sinai guy right. when it comes to it. Uh, and so to force somebody for the quote unquote greater good uh, eventually means somebody has to define what that good is. And uh, it, 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 it never ends well for when you start separating them into groups and, and exactly what's happening in Canada. Um, and I, look, I, I love Os Guinness's book because he makes this case that we don't necessarily have to lose this. Like, it's not something we should be afraid of. It's not something that we should be bowing down for either. But it's something that if we will embrace, and God help us to be part of that solution at Conduit, to create a community that is so compelling that the alternative is so obviously, blatantly bad uh, that the comparison is, a, is an easy one. That, wow, that, you know, Jesus, uh, this Jesus thing, there must be something happening there. These people are actually right. loving each other. These people are actually taking care of each other. These people are actually not being mean and beating each other up in the streets and stuff like that. There's something to that. Um, that's that's the premise of Oz Guinness's, you know, the Magna Carta of humanity is that. Like the, 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 the principle of Israel was, uh, and I, he didn't go into this, but even when it came down to it, the other nations looked like there's a, there's a book I've talked about before called None of These Diseases. Um, and it takes a, a medical history of Israel and shows how they avoided most of the plagues and most of the sicknesses that happened in the early uh, world because, hey, God said, don't eat shellfish. The Old Testament. Yeah. So when I hear some progressive Christians saying, well, you're eating shellfish, aren't you? You know, and talking about sexual identity or whatever. I'm like, you literally have no idea, no, no. grasp of what was going on. There, there's no refrigerators. Yeah, they're in the desert. Yeah, don't eat shellfish. God's telling him, "Hey, you're gonna. This gonna wrestle your colon to the ground. It's gonna kill you. Don't do that." Like the the principles that God. Hey, if you have to, in Leviticus, you know, if you if you got to drop a deuce, uh, go outside of town, dig a hole, and bury it. 
why would why would that be in Leviticus? Like why? Right. He knew about cholera. Yeah. You know. So the point is, is that these principles are here, and, and in the New Testament, like uh, like I got a refrigerator. By the way, I still don't eat shellfish. If I'm being real honest, I'm yeah, just not. I'm out. I watched Paul Farmer slurping down oysters, <laughs> in, and it was literally like you're eating your brother's loogie, man. I don't, oh, I don't that's have terrible. any no wheelhouse for that at all. But we don't have that anymore. But what we do have is a lot of hate in the world. And our opportunity right now is to overcome evil with good, not more evil. And so, yeah, there's a lot of craziness around the world. And uh, Jesus is not off the throne. The Holy Spirit is not in timeout. Uh, and it is our time to be Matthew 25, to visit those who are in prison. To And by the way, that word visit, uh, and I know we got to wrap up, the, the Greek word is... Uh, Erkomai. Um, and so it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to prison, which I appreciate Chuck Colson in Prison Fellowship. Don't get me wrong. A great ministry. That's just not what it's talking about. Erkomai is a Greek word that means like to bring before the public, to bring awareness mm, wow, yeah. to it. You visited me while I was in prison. You told my story. When those people are in prison, they have no voice. Right. So when we are setting free slaves in uh, Asia, uh, we've had the privilege of being a part of actually getting some Christians out of prison in the last few years who were put there and bringing, you know, that's what that means. So churches that are doing that, um, uh, we are the safety of, of the world. We are, there is no plan B. Jesus didn't have like, okay, if the church doesn't work out, here's the next thing in line to do this. This right. is it. Right. And he did it because when we're following Jesus, devoted to those four things, doing what is essential makes us essential. Yeah. We just end up doing it. Our heart is in good shape. So if I have to go hike a mountain, I'm already okay because my heart's in good shape because I've been doing cardio. If I need to get to Haiti, and, and who knows? I don't know. What, what, you know, uh, if, if I have to go next week, I'm okay because my heart's okay because I've spent time in prayer ahead of time, not wait until I got there to try to, to work it up. So Yeah, prayer is spiritual cardio in a lot of ways, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's not, I'm, I'm going to be honest, it's not that fun to me. Do you like the idea of like sitting there and okay, clear your mind? Like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like the most exciting thing yeah. I can think of doing. But there, it's there important. Are, it's important, yeah. but it's not necessarily exciting. But there are those who love it, right? Like, sure. I think of uh, like Donna Van Leer, yeah. uh, you know, people that they're prayer warriors, right? Um, I just that's not my my deal. Sure, but you know, I would say probably you know some of those maybe they're not there that maybe their love isn't uh, breaking a bread. Maybe there isn't you know. But being devoted to something indicates that maybe it's hard to do, so I have to really double yes, down on it. Absolutely. With it. Discipline. Yeah. And that's with our church. Uh, we've been doing it, uh, experiencing it more corporately, experiencing it more individually, and seeing prayers answered. Man, that's always awesome. Uh, yeah. And getting our hearts conditioned for, uh, for the world in front of us and the world that is coming toward us. Uh, is, now is as good a time as any to start. If your prayer life sucks, now is a good time. Uh, to, to change that. Essential Church, this series has been, for me, just really inspiring and um, just a really good reminder of what what the foundation should be, uh, not only for ourselves, but for, for a corporate church, um, for, a, for a body of believers that are gathering together, what are we going to build this on? And it has to, there has to be a foundation, yeah. right? Or it just washes away. And Acts 2.42 gives us a foundation. It gives us a plan. 
And we've seen the benefits of that. We've experienced that over this past year, especially in this fallen world that we yeah. live in. And so. And you know what? I'd say this, and this will be the last thing I'll say. Famous last words. I felt like before you guys had even moved to Nashville, right? When Micah was still like uh, eight years old, probably. <laughs> uh, oh, Micah. Um, the, the, I felt like the Lord was like, keep it simple. Acts 2.42, keep it simple. And even when we got to the high school, remember there were those four uh, neon lights over the cafeteria. Yes, it was, Daily uh, Delights. Daily Delights, Meet and More. I'm sure that Micah, was... you went to school there. What, what were the other four? Not observant. Uh, so the lunchroom had those like four things, and it turned out we, we of course, connected the dots. Meet and More was, of course, the Word of God. <laughs> there are four pillars. Right. Of... What was Daily Delights, though? Uh, I don't know. Daily Delights, communion. Maybe. No, that was uh, the cardio. It was like the bread, the sandwiches. Anyway, oh, it was pizza. That was the that was uh, pizza. Okay. That was the breaking of bread. Anyway, point is, he, well, here's what was really cool to me. After 11 years into this, when we went back to Essential Church, I was so um, inspired, relieved, maybe both, that we're still there. Yeah. That still was it. Like, there's no, that nothing changed. Yeah. Those are it. Um, and I'm convinced now that in another 10 years, you know, and if, if other conduits are born from it, this is our playbook. Yes. These four things. And then from that, whatever the Lord leads you to do. Yes. If you haven't had a chance to catch up or listen to any of the other teachings, you can obviously find that here on the podcast just by scrolling up and finding those previously released. You can also watch it online at our YouTube channel. Just search Conduit Church at YouTube and you will find our channel. Subscribe to it. And you can also watch us live on Sundays at 11 a.m. We stream our services live there's so many great ways to get in touch with us, obviously through our website, conduitchurch.com. And we're just grateful that you join us each time that we do this, and we love hearing your feedback. Feel free to email us and uh, or just touch base in some way and let us know if you've received something from this and how we can pray for you. There is uh, some prayer requests that you can enter in just by using the Church Center app. You can download that and find Conduit Church in the Church Center app, and there is a prayer request button on that app. And we receive prayer requests all through the week, and we would love to be able to pray for you. And uh, just a super simple way to stay in touch in that way. So thanks for joining us this week, and we will be in touch again next week.